Welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Stephen Byrne and over the next while we're going to talk to former Leinster captain Chris Pym. On this show we're going to preview the Heineken Champions Cup semi-final between La Rochelle and Leinster this Sunday. We'll go through the teams and assess where both sides' strengths and weaknesses are ahead of this huge game. We discuss Twickenham being picked to host this year's final and they're going to let in 10,000 fans but from where? We chat about the Lions too, the team will be picked this week and we chat about what Irish players we think will be there and how it'll all balance out and of course we're going to chat about Leinster's loss to Munster last weekend in their opening Rainbow Cup game. Um, Chris, we're going to start with the preview of Leinster-La Rochelle. We're going to talk about the Lions, Leinster-Munster, Johnny Sexton and all that other stuff in a while. But we have to preview what's fast approaching us this weekend. The Leinster team has been named today, Friday, the day we're recording this uh, podcast. Um, strong team, Chris, I suppose, just looking at it. But we have issues at depth in the half-back, scrum half and... Uh, out half. What's your own thoughts on the team? Yeah, so I think it's very much along expected lines. Um, certainly would have expected probably you could nearly have picked the 15 itself. Um, as you say, probably the biggest questions were probably on the bench and whatever. So, but certainly, um, you know, Keller was always going to start. Uh, Pack is along expected lines. Josh would have held off a big challenge from. Will Connors and, jo- and Steve, um, Scott Penny, but given the form he'd been in, certainly in the Exeter game, you would have expected him to start there. So, yeah, look, I suppose no major surprises. Um, and yeah, I suppose looking through the bench then, uh, it's not bad now, to be fair. But yeah, certainly at halfback, uh, Rowan and Kieran Frawley at nine and ten would be, uh, that'd be a Debuts for them at European level, and certainly at the the red hot end of the game at semi final time, it um a big test for them. But I would imagine, depending on how the game is going, they may or may not see a whole lot of game time. But look, hopefully we'll be in a position where they can get fifteen or twenty minutes of game at the end. But um, if needs must, I'd certainly Ross and uh, Luke would uh, would probably see us out. To be fair. Yeah, but um, delight to see Ron Osborne getting a gallop there. I think he's a highly underrated from half, and I'm sorry to sorry to see him going to uh, to Munster to do what would be a similar job that he would have been doing in Dublin. But that's a another day's work altogether. Yeah, and we touched on that last week in a podcast. There's a bit of a swap uh, with scrum yes. halves. We're taking one back. And we're sending one down, um, and we don't really understand why. Um, Somebody it, does, though. Yeah, that makes sense to someone. <laughs> That's not a, <laughs> not not fine. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, just looking across uh, the team there, great to have Gary Ringrose back. He got a run out against Munster yeah. as well. Gary's Gary. It just strengthens up that midfield again, you know, um, with all due respect yeah, to Rory O'Loughlin. Um, you want Gary in that spot. Yeah, no, he gives you that bit of... Uh, that little bit of je ne sais quoi, he um, has a bit of magic there. And yeah, he'll definitely, I actually think he'll benefit from the couple of weeks break and then obviously getting a, getting 60 minutes in last weekend. So uh, yeah, look, I, I'm i really hoping he's a big game and big game for him in the context of the Lions tour as well. So he probably just needs a good gallop if he got one this weekend. Uh, it'd be hard to see him left at home, to be fair. Yeah, and nothing better to whet the appetites in a 
Champions Cup semi-final anyway to Gary will stand up for that um, just for people wondering Ross Byrne didn't play last week but that's because he was being rested because of the Johnny Sexton situation um, yeah. and then we've seen what happened with halfbacks uh, during the Munster match last week which we'll talk about in a few minutes um, Luke McGrath yep solid in there he's having a great season so far um, so happy days for him yeah the rest is as you were uh, just looking down so back rows wise you, yeah Reese, Josh and Jack solid enough but on the bench Scott Fardy is our cover yeah and well and is Baird so between Ryan I presume Ryan Baird to cover the back the back three but, I mean, Fardy can cover it if he wants. So, it'd be interesting to see what way around they go there. But, um, and a really, really fascinating contest will be, I think, Devon Toner and uh, Nick Skelton. Uh, two giants there. It'll be contest to see who's got the, uh, who's the tallest there. But, um, I think, um, I think Nick Skelton will win the biggest shoe size anyway. He's a 19 size shoe. So, um, um, you know, he's got one up on him there. But, yeah, look, that massive contest there. I think up front is where this game is going to be won. If we can get ball and keep it, I think we're good enough to win the game. But um, I think if La Rochelle own the ball for lengthy, lengthy periods, it could be it could be a long afternoon. Um, you know, that their offloading is so strong. We just don't want them to have time with the ball. So I think I think we'll probably see us kicking away very little ball just so that we can't let them have game time. But then obviously that brings its own challenges if you're owning the ball and uh, trying to make yards against uh, what is a massive pack. Um, that obviously brings its own uh, challenges for the last 20 minutes as well. So, But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But I don't think... Leinster really have a choice. I don't think they'll be overly phased by the size of the pack, given that it was quite a similar situation in Exeter last week, uh, where the big concern was could we handle it up front. So I think that will have given them a lot of confidence. So, yeah, yeah. I'm confident enough we, we'll do the, get the job done. Yeah, so similar game plan to Exeter then. The... Yeah. The, uh, yeah, no, and like, as you said, Chris, we executed that one in Exeter in Sandy Park very very well uh, except for the first 14 minutes of course where we get the 14 <laughs> minute lead we'll try not to do that this week that's probably not recommended every week yeah, if you give La Rochelle that heads up, um, it could be a difficult afternoon if they can hold on to the yeah. ball if La Rochelle can my only my only uh, concerns I suppose would be if La Rochelle get a lot of possession and under doing their quick offloading game running against us it's the Jordan Larmer James Lowe wings be my concern just defensively um, yeah. great attacking players but just there's been so many question marks we've seen James has been exposed yeah. at international level of course Jordan is not on the best of form this season and defensively just question marks there as well um, yeah. could be a long afternoon if they get exposed yeah no that's absolutely right yeah I mean and to be fair La Rochelle play very much a wing-to-wing game. Uh, the ball's going from side to side, but I suppose the only thing about that that defence, you're not necessarily going to have Lowe and Larimer defending that channel every time because they switch it across so often. So it'll be really interesting to see um, whether that's what happens or not. But yeah, look, I mean, certainly if you were Rog during the week, 
and you were wondering where where you might get the best mileage, you would certainly look down those two channels, that's for sure, because we do, you know, we look very, very solid pretty much everywhere across across the middle of the park and then through the pack, you know, there'd be a great tax account and work rate there as well. So, yeah, but look, they've got to find a hole somewhere and they've got to get the ball that far first. So, um, fingers we- crossed. Yeah, we know La Rochelle have this quick offloading game and they can absolutely, like Leinster played that type of game under George Schmidt. It was just quick, quick, yeah. quick, quick, pass, pass, get your arm around the man, pass it back. There's always someone running onto the ball. Have they any other strings to their bow, um, Chris, that you've seen in any games that La Rochelle have played that they could use against Leinster? Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of them now, just I saw the sale game. And, um, you know, they did, they looked very impressive. And certainly, and they were the same boat. They went down fairly heavily. I can't remember what they were behind, but they were well behind at one stage. And then they literally just destroyed them in the last 60 minutes. And um, it was, it was just offload, offload, keep the ball alive. And Sale couldn't handle it. And they just couldn't live with it. So I think Leinster are an awful lot better side than Sale. But, um, you know, I think Sale had two or three very good strike players I think we probably have 13 or 14 very good strike players. So, um, you know, I think we would be better equipped to handle um, what La Rochelle throw at us. So, and, you know, that they've done quite a lot of work, maybe not this much, this season so much, but certainly last year, they used to pride themselves on that defence from five yards of their own line, just over their dead body, where they're going to let somebody score. And, they used to do that week after week last year. This year they haven't done it because I don't think they've been threatened that often, to be quite honest. So, um, you know, I'd be, I'd, yeah, I have no fear we'll, snap, we'll step up to the plate. Yeah, I, hopefully Leinster's, I suppose, presence will count for something on the day. The four stars, uh, the form, yeah. um, Johnny Sexton's not there to intimidate them, uh, <laughs> staring them down. Um but yeah, there's a, there's enough history there as well to um to really I don't know La Rochelle will be confident as well they're flying it under Raj and Raj has them yeah uh, you know well oiled um and it is a whole match for them as well without crowds be it but uh, yeah. yeah you'd hope that be enough Ronagara's sort of narrative around the game for the last couple of weeks is how ah, well we're building yeah. and it's almost we're happy to be at semi final stage but I'm not going to say anything beyond that. Yeah, and, and that is, to be fair, that is true. I mean, yeah. they haven't been in this sort of level of competition ever. So, you know, it is, every bit of that is true. And win or lose, this is a stepping stone for them. But um, I would like to think Leinster will just have too much class, too much experience for them on the day. And um, so, look, hopefully that will be enough. Yep, and we've coverage of the game on KCLR on... Sunday at three o'clock uh, with Brendan Hennessy. So tune in for all that. Um, just on a side note, then to the Champions Cup, uh, Twickenham is to host the finals. Yeah, should Le- should yeah. Leinster get there? So there's three French teams uh, and Leinster. Um, so Twickenham is not too far away. It's a, it's a geographical call, um, Chris, obviously because of France and Ireland. Um, but yeah, uh, also because I think um, well, obviously they're a bit further down the road with COVID. And yeah. they're talking about 10,000 fans getting in. So it'll be interesting to see who apply, who's eligible for a ticket there. Yeah, it's be a funny one because they'll be all from London. You, you Like, there'll be no 
foreign travel, I presume, from France. Um, I'd imagine, and then true, Ireland, yeah. Ireland the same. Like I, I was at the twenty twelve final in Twickenham, um, and like if it was normal times and Leinster get there, you know, yeah. you can guarantee yourself there's fifty or sixty thousand of them will have blue jerseys. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's a different kettle of fish. The locals they'll probably be handing out tickets to locals. Do you want to watch the Champions Cup final? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, you one, yeah. If you, uh, you might find a few strays find their way there. All right. I'll hire a camper van and take the boat, Chris, or something. Yeah, stay in my cocoon. Um, stay in your cocoon. Yeah, uh, so that's that's going to host the Challenge Cup and Champions Cup, of course. And Ulster themselves might be uh, somewhere uh, close to that as well, if they can do well this weekend as well. Um, Actually, while I'm talking of Ulster, did you watch the Connacht match last week? I did. Yeah, great game. Very close. It was a cracking game, yeah. Exciting game. Um, I'd have been a little bit upset if I was also. I thought they kind of threw it away. To be fair, yeah. But um, I think they were probably the better team. But and again, maybe they. You know, I think with twenty minutes to go, they probably have one eye on on this weekend. So um, yeah, look. But I'd like to Connacht. There's no harm for them back end of the season getting a game, getting a win like that. So it's important that all the provinces stay competitive. So I look. It's not the end of the world. But I would fancy, um, I fancy all sorts tonight. I think um, they get out of the traps and can stay, stay with it for eighty minutes. I think they'll uh, they'll be hard to beat. I think they're smashing looking back line, and um, interesting to see that Madigan didn't make the the twenty three. That they're obviously looking at Lowry as the next ten, and uh, I think he's just so explosive. He's like. Um, He's a bit like your man Damian McKenzie, the uh, Chiefs ten. He's feckin' tiny but feckin' brilliant. So it's um, so really interesting to see how he progresses over the next uh, year to eighteen months. So, but uh, yeah, he's really exciting to watch, and he's certainly got a little bit of something about him. So, uh, but yeah, look, hopefully Monster can, or sorry, Ulster can do the job there this evening. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, poor old uh, Ian Madigan. I suppose we have to feel for an ex-Leinster player. What does he do now? Yeah, well, look, he's around the block. He's done his time. I'm not sure what he'll do now. But, um, yeah, I would imagine that I certainly I think um, McFarlane sees, sees um, Lowry as the heir apparent. And uh, Madigan would have been only filling a, filling a gap for them there while Burns was away and you know, so I think um, they've brought Larry through now. I think it'll be, uh, yeah, be interesting to see if Madigan, I don't know what way he's fixed contract-wise. I think he probably has another year to run there. So um, I imagine he'll sit tight for the year. Absolutely. Um, one of the reasons, of course, that Ross Bourne starts this weekend is Jonathan Sexton is injured for Leinster. We spoke about it already, Chris, but for people just uh, dipping into the podcast, uh, Johnny got a head injury a number of weeks ago and there was an injury update put out that he was had suffered a concussion and I had to send him to see an expert about it. Um, so he's out a lot longer than a normal uh, head injury uh would be for a, someone that gets a HIA, it's usually a week or so, give or take. Um, Johnny's been out for a few weeks now and uh, he misses this game as well. Um, are you concerned about that injury, Chris? Or Yeah, look, we did chat about it last week. I think yeah. I'm just reading the um, update there from Leo since the team was announced and they were, so I think, given the normal circumstances, they would have risked him. 
I get the impression that Warren Gatland has already been on to him and said, I'm bringing you. And so the pressure for him to play this weekend, probably from a Lions perspective, wasn't there. They felt that Ross had done such a good job against Exeter that they would hang, hang on to him. And I would be very surprised if we make the final that not to see Johnny there. So um, I think, you know, and I think it's a, it's a real fill up for a Ross Byrne to say, look, we're happy not to take a risk with Johnny. We're going to stick with you. You did a smashing job. And I think it's a, it's very Leinster-esque behaviour. Yeah. Um, that they see, you know, we're putting our faith in everybody and I'm absolutely confident he'll step up to the step up to the plate. So but yeah, look, I the way I'm reading through any of the information I've heard is that he'll be fine and he'll be picked next, he'll be picked for the final and he will go to South Africa. That's certainly my read on it. You can tell me I'm an idiot on Thursday when they announce the squad <laughs> and he's not in it. So, because I haven't decided what out half they're going to leave at home, because who are you going to leave home? Bigger, who's the, who is the championship? Ten, you have Ian, you have Farrell, and you have um, Finn Russell, and Johnny. Who who gets not to travel? I mean, yeah. I can't. I actually don't know. I probably wouldn't bring Bigger, but then. You know, I can't see Gatlin leaving bigger at home, given the fact that he led them to the championship and all that kind of stuff. So, somebody's one of those four is going to get some land uh, next week, and I actually couldn't tell you who. It is. I'd actually leave Farrell at home of the ones at the moment, given he hasn't really had a great season, and I think if he's not on the side, I'm not sure how positive an influence he might be in the background. So. Yeah, look, but yeah, massive call next week there as regards the the ten jerseys to travel. Yeah, sure. We'll talk about that now, Chris. We um, we'll, we'll do our little bit of a lines preview just to let listeners know we're going to concentrate on the lines only next week. Um, we'll call it between the lines uh, preview. It will we'll, we'll do the podcast just after the team is named on Thursday, and we'll strip it apart and give out about who they're not bringing and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, but yet yeah, the squad is out, Chris, on Thursday. Um, so yeah. much debate about it. You're just after talking about the outhabs there as well. I think I'd have to agree with regards to Owen Farley. Just hasn't been firing this year. Um, moved out to 12 for the Six Nations. Um, George Ford brought in to play out half as well. So your confidence is a bit all over the place there as well. Um, but yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you about leaving Farrell at home. But then... Well, can he turn it on for the lines, or would he be capable? Yeah, well, look, that's it. And he's a leader of men, and he's a big game yeah. player, and you know, oh, bloody, bloody blast. So it'll be, uh, yeah. Look, there are guys getting paid to make those decisions, not me. <laughs> but I think possibly, um, I would. I think I would bring Johnny if he's fit. Um, I think Finn Russell definitely has the X factor. The game you're chasing, a game you need a bit of magic. He is absolutely the man you would be bringing on. And then, as I say, it's probably between Bigger and Farrell. And Bigger's had an absolutely outstanding season for for Wales. So, um, yep. But interesting. Yep, big call. That's for sure. It'll be definitely one of the biggest calls of the uh, of the announcements. And who of the Irish players, Chris, are definitely going? Do you think? Okay, Tig is definitely going. Right. Um, Robbie. 
Robbie's definitely going. Um, Which tigers? Oh, sorry, boat tigers. Right. I'm bringing boat. I'm bringing boat tigers. Tig right. Furlong is definitely going. Yes. Tig Burn should go. Yes. And um, his biggest challenge may be that he's a utility player, as in he doesn't do one or the other. But then that may well be to his benefit. Um, given that the squad is a little um, smaller than it normally would be. So I think I think both tigers will make the cut. Um, I would love to see uh, Kelleher get the trip. I think it would just bring him on in leaps and bounds. And I think he probably, of all the uh, twos, probably brings the most to the party. Um, just from his dynamism around the pitch. Don't think um, Jamie George is a particularly good season. Uh, Cowan Dickey got in there ahead of him a few times. So he would he would have at the start of the season definitely been the starting two. So um, would love to see Kelleher get there. But I would imagine Ken Owens, the, the Welsh hooker who doesn't do a whole lot for me, but clearly um, given the season he's had, won't be a million miles million miles away um, would love to see Gary Ringrose finally blossom and become the Brian O'Driscoll-esque player that we always thought he would be um, and it's certainly based on form and you'd love to think Hugo Keenan would get a would get a rattle um, yeah absolutely just consistency had, you know, yeah consistency a little bit of magic a little bit of an unknown quantity down there and um, I just think top of the ground, hard, you know, hard, fast pitches, he'd be in his absolute elements. So um, they'd be kind of my nailed ons at this stage. Okay. Then you'd be looking at hopefully James uh, Ryan. Yeah. And then I, the back row is just so hard to call. You could bring nothing but English back rowers if you wanted, but nobody would want that, let's be honest. So um, I think. Um, I'm really not sure which of them, but you know you could definitely make a case for all of them. Yeah, to be quite honest. But um, I think Jack Conan has a great chance. I think he's hasn't played a lot of rugby. He'd be very fresh, um, and just has that little bit of, I think, potential still to go that we yeah. haven't really seen. Um, but he's been really, really excellent the last couple of weeks for Leinster. And uh, I think, you know, he, he has a great chance. Um, Josh Vanderfleer? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, again, he's been miss. excellent. But then you look at the likes of Hamish Watson. Yeah, You true, look yeah. at uh, Tipperick. You look at, um, what's his name? Sam Underhill, who hasn't played for England this year, but is just back for Bath. Uh, he is just outstanding. And Tom then Curry. you have Curry. Yeah. So there's kind of a queue of uh, struggling to get... Uh, Josh into that side to be honest but look hopefully I'm wrong yeah it was CJ Stander probably go as well will he more than likely mm, don't know don't yeah, know. yeah not question sure. mark over not that sure one I'd bring him. what about yeah. Talupe Falato definitely he's nailed on nailed yeah. on he was their outstanding back rower and he was very unlucky on the last tour with injury and stuff so I would think he's he's nailed on yeah Reese Ruddock is worthy of a mention as well. Definitely, but sure, he can't get a start in the Irish side. So, yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, look, so, I'd, it's 
crazy. I'd go to war with him every day of the week, especially against those big <laughs> Africanas. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be. I remember one day he came in as a late sub and played at seven for Ireland against the South Africans in Lansdowne Road not too many years ago. And he was man of the match, having not been in the starting panel. Now, I can't remember the catalogue of events, but I know he ended up starting at seven, which was out of position for him. And he was absolutely immense that day. So that's a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, look, he'd never let you down. And as I say, if, if I was picking the tour, he'd be in my he'd be in my squad every week. Have we mentioned Andrew Porter? We haven't mentioned Andrew Porter, but we should. Because again, he's a bit like Tyke. He mm-hmm. covers both sides. He gives you an option if you're running out of props. And he has had an absolutely outstanding season. His yeah. biggest problem is this Tyke Furlong plays for Ireland. But, I mean, otherwise, he would start every week, no question. He would start for any other of the of the uh, home nations. So, I think, yeah, he's definitely in with a shout. Um, at Scrum Half, Chris... Uh, Conor Murray will travel. Yeah. He, he will travel. Uh, warranted, do you think? Um, no, no, we are. He he will, will travel, and um, because there, are, to be honest, there isn't a huge amount of uh, nines who you go. Wow, he's just streets yeah. ahead. And I know I heard on a podcast somewhere else there a couple of weeks ago that Gatlin absolutely loves him. So um, I'd be really surprised if Conor Murray doesn't make the make the cut. Yeah, I, I'm not sure who else they'd bring. I mean, ben, ben Young's probably. Yeah, Ben Young's. He's only on the bench tonight for um, Leicester. That's I'm not true. quite sure that's about, but. Um, There's not an awful lot of great scrum halves. Well, no, there is scrum so, halves. There, yeah. yeah. So, based on that basis, I think um, I think he's a. I think he is certainly. Oh, no, I think I'm going to go. He's a banker at this stage. Yeah, because I don't know. I can't see who else is clearly ahead of him. And he, he, they always, Gatlin's always talking about money in the bank. And he had, um, he's got money in the bank. He was a starting nine for the, all the sure. tests on the last tour. So, yeah. Has to be taken into account. Um, yeah, but he can't do it anyway. We were talking about Gary Ringrose and Robbie Hinshaw earlier. Uh, for, for the centre, uh, George North looks like he has a serious injury. So Yeah, which that will definitely help uh, Ringrose. That's going to open so, the door. Yeah. Jonathan yeah, Davis sure. as well. I can't see Manu yeah. Tulagi travelling. No, a lot of talk about him in the English yeah. media, but um, it'd be a big call. It'd be a big call. I think, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd, I don't know whether the English media are just talking him up or whether they know something we don't, but um, there was probably more talk about him a month ago than there is now, which leads me to suggest that maybe you know that's that rumour isn't going anywhere but yeah it'd be interesting to see we tried, they were trying to make a story out of it um, yeah, and then, then the back three uh, well we're already sort of touching on as well um, the nailed ons would be probably yeah like you said Stuart Hogg Elliot Daly uh, yeah Liam Williams possibly yeah, yeah no, I'm not sure to. about Elliot Daly but uh, certainly Liam Williams Oh. Um, based on his season he's had, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, and your man, and, um, and Zamoth, the uh, yeah. the Welsh winger, he's, he's a shoe in, yeah. Um, so he'll definitely make the cut, I'd imagine. 
And um, so, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe a, a bolter might be Keith Earls. Yeah, so, yeah, Keith Earls, an outside chance. Yeah, I would have thought so, based on his Six Nations. He's had a good Six Nations and uh, he's in good form. So it would be, yeah, it wouldn't be beyond the bounds possibility that he could make the cut. Interesting. We're getting a bit greedy there now. I think we're up around 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might write out my list during the week um, and yeah, then see okay. how it compares on exactly, Thursday. But, yeah, I think I better do the same. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll strip it all apart on Thursday, Chris. But uh, next week's um, the knock on will be a. a chat all about the Lions. The Lions team has been named on Thursday and we'll talk about it. We'll devote the whole show to it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see how many we get right and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, interesting times. Something to look forward to as well. Chris, before we finish up on the podcast, we need to talk about Leinster Munster last week. You said going uh, we into it. We don't really, do we? Uh, not really. You said you were worried <laughs> going into it. You were right. We were terrible. Yeah, look. Yeah, we'd, we'd it, know wasn't, it wasn't good performance. They never really got going. No, um, Munster had to win. Yeah, didn't show a whole lot, but they Delande actually probably was the difference between the two teams. He absolutely shouted us three or four times, got in behind us, and they scored three or four times, and that was kind of game over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, really never got into a rhythm of any sort from literally the first couple of minutes. So it was really hard to see. Um, it was hard to see any results kind of after 15, 20 minutes. I thought they might just have come up with a bit of magic at halftime when they hadn't kicked on there. Um, but, yeah, look, Munster just turned the screw in the second half and we didn't really have any answer. And I think, as you say, there's probably guys looking at the game for next weekend and yeah. anybody who was in the running for that was kind of trying to mind themselves. So, but, uh, yeah, okay, I mean... Yeah, Munster had so much on the line, Leinster nothing on the line, and you could nearly tell that by the body language of the two teams. Yeah, Munster were just so pumped in the first few minutes that um, the Leinster guys were kind of looking around themselves a little bit. So, look, it is what it is, but yeah, it's done now. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> we'll brush over that one and move on. Well, best of luck to Leinster this weekend against La Rochelle. Yep. Let's hope that the next time we chat, Chris, we can have a, a brief talk about who we're playing in the final of the Champions Cup. Um, but like I said, next week we're going to talk about the Lions, the line selections on Thursday, and we're going to record a podcast straight after it and uh, see how many um, of our answers we got right in our little test. Um, Chris Pim, thanks a million for talking to us on the Knock On podcast. Pleasure. Thanks, Stephen. That was former Leinster captain Chris Pym. I'm Stephen Byrne, and that's it from the Knock On Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby, and of course, if you're into your GAA with the Clash Act, all things MMA, and lots more. Talk to you soon.